Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. Africa has the potential to become a land of opportunities for the people who live in Africa and for us who are Africans in the diaspora. These economic opportunities are not fully developed and have teething pains. So we have to have the eyes to see the economic potential and to grasp them at the local level. So we also have to stimulate the greater development of the space and coordinate the much needed capital that is required to launch business ventures. The information is not readily available, but there are real opportunities. One such set of opportunities surround treating the DRC as a real economic opportunity for trading, export and import, among other things. I wanted to see it for myself. I determined that I would not enter the DRC and therefore all my activities would be confined to the border on the Zambian side. My last experience in the DRC included being subjected to arbitrary detention and being fined an unreasonable amount of dollars. However, the DRC is a huge country, one of the eight neighbors of the country of Zambia. It is not just huge, it is also rich in mineral resources, water and timber. This means that its border is a center for trading. The DRC does not do a lot of farming or manufacturing. It is difficult for people from the Caribbean to appreciate the scale of economic activities that take place at these borders, such as the border between DRC and Zambia. My experience this week gave me a first-hand opportunity to form my own conclusions about the scale and enormity of these centers of economic activities. My journey began in Chambishi on the Zambian side and continued past Mufiliria, Chingola, and Chilalabamwe, and then finally to reach the border of the Democratic Republic of Congo. It is, not, it is a lovely four-lane highway all the way. Not much need to be said about the potholes along the way and the, the every now and then the dirt road that one has to use. On the left-hand side of the road from Chambeshi, there, there were laden trucks parked waiting for instruction to proceed towards the border and to cross into the DRC. All along that roadway, there were trucks numbering in the hundreds, paused and awaiting further instructions to proceed. This is a distance of 72 kilometers between Chambeshi and the border of the DRC. Imagine that many trucks parked along a roadside waiting instructions to proceed through 
the DRC border. Shipping is more efficient, is a more efficient mode of transportation for the movement of freight and cargo. But this is overland, so trucking is the best option, or rail, if it is developed. It is an impressive sight to see all of this commercial activity represented by the trucking. Eventually, the 72 kilometers crossed and we arrived at the border. There was a bevy of activities at the border and many, many people, despite the fact that there were there was a convoy of 74 kilometers long waiting to move to the border. Many people were already there doing business at the border. The people at the border included a great number of customs and immigration officials, some members of the security corps, hosts of traders who were selling goods and great many seeking deals, seeking to make deals and hoping to trade. The DRC is not always spoken about in favorable terms, but when it comes to buying and selling in Africa, the border of the DRC is the place to go. The sellers of dried fish is an item of interest of mine because someone had primed me about it. Fish is coming from Mozambique for trading at the border at DRC. I'm advised by my traveling companion, who is a security officer, who has from time to time been assigned to work at the border, that a truckload of dried fish take about half a day to be offloaded and completely sold or traded. At the border, I saw men carrying in their hands wads of money, of bills, stocked up in piles or bundles in their hands. I saw shoes on sale, much of which were imported from China. I saw bicycles carrying truckloads of goods ridden by a single rider. There were truckloads of tomato and all kinds of agricultural products. The trading was taking place in the open and freely. One could not help believing that the exchanges taking place at the DRC border were glimpses of African prosperity. I saw a refrigerated truck carrying tilapia from Namibia. But that is what is seen at first blush. When one digs deeper, that picture changes. For example, goods from China being carried by trucks made in Europe were the largest movers of goods. The trade numbers bear this out. The trucks move through Zambia with goods from elsewhere, meant for elsewhere. A tariff needs to be charged to all trucks entering Zambia as it is now. These trucks travel on Zambian land and pay the highway toll at the toll booth, but nothing else. This is what is done to ships using the Suez Canal and the Panama Canals. They pay a tariff or rates and charges to pass through the territory to earn tariff from the use of ports or crossing in Zambian territories seems to me to be a low-hanging fruit that is ready to be harvested. The DRC is interesting because it has so much cash. They sell gold and diamond and other precious and economic metals such as those used for the making of cell phones and watches. 
as well as uranium that has its own purposes. Other metals or stone are also there. And there, there are many young people are beginning to trade them. They grow no food to feed them. They are 105 million people. Everything they need, they import. They have very few local industries because of all the cash in the DRC. There is an insatiable appetite for high-value consumer items. There are about a dozen land cruisers making their way across the border the day I visited. There is a ready market for conspicuous consumer items. They are not the only ones. In fact, Africa could do much better for itself if it learned to make the goods it needs and uses and to end this love affair with high-cost item from elsewhere everything from hair and eyelashes for women to expensive cell phones. Especially the African people is, there is a broader conversation. How do we transform spaces like the border with DRC and the border at the Achilla Bombay in Zambia into spaces of expansive and sustainable economic development for all. First of all, it could be more well organized in a manner that is more efficiently done. The road network needs to improve, including at the border itself, 74, mil, 74 kilometers long convoy of trucks waiting to trade at the border. It's not a good use of resources. There is a need for options in the road network that move goods and people along more efficiently. Four lanes could be six or seven lanes, and potholes could be made to become a thing of the past. I am told that what I see here at the northwestern Zambian border is exceeded in every way by what is seen at the southern border boundaries. This is a problem the third world countries face, how to optimize the economic output in a manner that is sustainable and give optimum benefits to their people. There are three challenges why the low-hanging foods from their economic zones are not harvested for the optimum benefits. The first task is Africa itself. Africa does not have a problem of immigration. Therefore, visas and passports are an unnecessary imposition on their people. The 56 nations of Africa could travel without visa passport using a single, single currency, perhaps speaking a single language. They could remove tariff barriers and make the economic zones free trade areas all over the continent. The second challenge is to make credit and capital more generously and generally available to their people. There are too many inadequately capitalized venture trading at these borders and too much of the products being traded originated from third country. Another challenge or problem is the problem of the inadequacy of the physical and technological infrastructure at these trading places. The road needs to be expanded and maintained. The road at this border is unmaintained. The speed and activity capacity of the internet and the money changing capacity needs improvement. There is an over-reliance on cash
for these transactions. This is the requirement for political action to intentionally include the people of Zambia or the DRC or whichever country by giving them access to needed, the access needed for their participation. I'm not sure how sustainable the economic model that treats the precious stones and precious metals as if they are inexhaustible. They are finite resources. There is no way, to, no specific strategy to manufacture or produce or grow anything. Nature has gifted these places with gold, diamond, copper, precious, and any number of precious metals. This does not mean that the only economic task is to harvest them and that there is no other economic resources or opportunities that are needed. DRC grows and produces nothing. The ultimate challenge is to move the African continent in the direction of borderlessness. This is an experiment carried on and abandoned by Europe, but it could work for Africa. Africa does not have the problem of illegal immigrants. If Africa does not have to concern itself with the erection of borders, the requirements of passport and visa among Africans is unnecessary. It is important to construct economic zone, free trade zone, move in the direction of free movement of goods and people. Africa is the most mineral-rich continent on Earth, and it has vast unconquered territory and vacant lands. This is especially the case in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Should these spaces become open for trade and production of finished goods, not just raw material? For example, the future of the cell phone is the future of African mineral development and export. That what needs to happen is that the narrative of poverty and disease and petty conflicts that surround Africa needs to be replaced by one that speaks to the land of resource and opportunity, one connected with the best of the future of mankind. When we look at the war currently being waged in Europe, this means that Africa in the diaspora would be could be welcomed and would have a space to look after themselves as the future of the human family. When one looks at war currently being waged in the Ukraine, you ask yourself, how many more wars must Europe start before wars become the defining narrative of Europeans? Africa with its Ubuntu, I am because you are, and its spirit of community is the future of mankind. God has been gracious enough to leave the human family with one last defining hope, and it is the continent of Africa. Let us grasp it with both hands. Amen.